Operation Red Pill. You know us, just two guys going beyond conspiracy theories, taking you right into the heart of the conspiracy itself. I'm Jason Spears with my co-host, Christopher Dean. It's getting dangerous. Join us as we go behind enemy lines to reveal the truth about another aspect of this occult matrix as we discuss in this week's Intel Briefing. Tough questions. Christianity in the hot seat with Ryan Dean. Have you ever wanted to sit down and ask someone questions about what they believe, but you were too afraid to do it because you thought, eh, that might just lead to an unnecessary fight? Well, Ryan Dean sits down and asks us those questions. We don't get in any fights, but we don't pull any punches either. That's coming up right here on Operation Red Pill, Tough Questions. Ladies, gentlemen, everyone from across the podverse, welcome back to another segment of Tough Questions, where we aim to provide answers to some of today's most challenging questions facing the thinking believer. We've got so much good stuff to discuss here today, including does Christianity allow for doubt and disbelief? Can you be a patriot and a Christian? Profanity and the real meaning of holiness, and does Christianity require blind faith? But before we get into that, gotta take care of first things first. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my co-host, Christopher Dean. How's it going, bro? Ah, oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I'm I'm doing great. I'm really excited about our show today because we got a guest in here. We have a special guest. We do. Third time showing up on the show. Right. And he was he was so gracious to us as we started podcasting. Because as you know, it's scary out here. Everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got an opinion, a click, uh, an allegiance, a side of the bird, a color they're associated with. And we're, at, we're out here swimming in the dark. Right, right. And and he was gracious enough to kind of, you know, take us under his wing, welcome us as part of the podcast family. It was great. It, it was a little wing, though. A little wing? Yeah, it was missing a feather or two, but but he tried his best. I, I appreciate the effort. Could still feel the breeze on the right side. It was side a little breezy a little out there. <laughs> All right. All no, right. no, it, it was, you're definitely right, man. It, it felt really good to be welcomed into this space. And even a lot of the growth that we've seen on our particular platform has come from the fact that he introduced us on a show and actually exposed us to a lot of different people uh, that, that actually welcomed us with open arms. Yeah. Not to mention the content on the show that is super dope. I mean, he's constantly billing himself as just an idiot, doesn't know much. But to be an idiot, like, I'm thinking he's an idiot savant, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the nature of information and the degree of depth that I'm exposed to by listening to to his show, the, the Dangerous World Podcast, is phenomenal. It's funny. I've, I've, I've had this, I don't know if you'd call it a secret in my heart. That sounds real weird, but it'll make sense here in a second. Please hurry up. So <laughs> um, I've known about this device called the Anakathera Mechanism for a while. Right? I remember you talking to me about that. Yeah, and not very many people know about it. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to all these podcasts, and nobody's touched on it, and I'm actually working on a show now where I bring up the Anakathera mechanism. And this dude beat me to it. <laughs> I'm both impressed and hurt a little. I'm not sure how to feel about it. And I listened to the episode, and I was like, yep, yeah. like he hits all the points of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Right, right. I had the exact same experience <laughs> the first show of his I listened to, which was on a show we had already done, or a subject, a topic that we had already covered, which was Alice Bailey. And I remember after that. I listened to that show, I, I called you up and was like, hey, cut it. 
cut everything we did. <laughs> we got to start over from scratch because we don't know nothing. Listen to this show that I just heard, and then you tell me your feelings. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yep, we got to cut it. <laughs> we don't know nothing. And that's just the caliber of mind and person uh, that you're dealing with. So, like you said, I'm really happy to have him on the show. And with all that said, Christopher, help me welcome Ryan Dean from Dangerous World Podcast to the show. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, always fun to talk with you, too. Uh, I think that we're going to get into some pretty interesting stuff here, I hope. And I hope that I got some questions that will make you guys, uh, you know, think a little bit, hopefully. I hope so, too. I think that uh, one of the things that's really important Everybody has questions in this world, and I I know I asked my fair share. I think I irritated my mother to the nth degree, (laughs) constantly inquisifying her on certain things. I was like a little inquisitor growing up. It was like like being in a constant inquisition situation, Mom. I got questions. I need to know why the girl's butts jiggle. I I need to understand why is the sky blue. See, that first one is a doozy. (laughs) It really is. I still want. I'm still struggling today. (laughs) Right? Like, what's happening here? I I don't have the problem myself, but I see the people still struggling. You might have to tighten (laughs) that screw up on that hip. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What do they call that? They call that area on the girl too the thass, like the thigh ass, you know, like that when when the crease right there, you know, it's just. Praise God. We need to do some more independent research. That's, that's what I'm thinking. You need to do some more research yeah, on the fast. Yeah, I'm going to talk to some people. Girl, come here for a minute. This is for the Lord. This, we, we, got, we got a question, too. This is for the Lord. <laughs> right. But no, Crazy. you know, it, it, questions are a fundamental part of life. And, uh, Ryan, you had expressed on one of your, your episodes that there were certain questions you risked you had a chance to ask people who believe in Jesus Christ and profess him uh, and follow him seriously. And Christopher mm-hmm. had brought that up to me, and he was like, hey, man, I really think like we should have Ryan on the show to ask questions. And I said, hey, man, I think you really should shut up and stop having these wonderful ideas, because that is not <laughs> something that we do here at Operation Red Pill. We say, go on the front lines, stay in the back. That's, that's the design. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Chris has been a, Christopher's been a great advocate of Dangerous World, so I appreciate that very much. Um, just being, you know, being able to 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 do this, to to ask you guys who I think uh, have, in my opinion, it's an authoritative voice when it comes to this stuff. Not in a negative sense, but just somewhere where it's like it's approachable. You guys don't make me feel like an asshole for asking certain questions. Sorry if I'm not allowed to curse on here, um, but you guys don't make me feel bad for for asking questions. And that's been one thing that is like overwhelmingly positive with christians that i have met through the podcasting world is they're not naggy about this stuff Mm. i've been drawn towards christianity since i was a child um you know growing up in a christian leaning household i was never baptized Uh, my parents thought that that should be my own choice still haven't been baptized today um i don't know how serious that is you know, like if you if you aren't allowed in heaven, if you haven't been baptized, these are the kinds of questions I have where it seems like humans set these rituals in place that you have to follow in order to get to heaven. The God I believe in, I don't I don't think that he cares if you've been baptized. I don't think that he cares if you believe in him 100 percent or it or whatever you want to refer to God as um, because they're 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 like you said yourself, Jason, like there's questions how can a God that's so, you know, benevolent, so all all loving, all kind, all knowing, how could a God like that absolutely require you to do certain things 
to get into their good graces. You know what I mean? So, I mean, th this is just one of the many questions that I've got, but uh, yeah, I didn't mean to step on, on your introduction there, Jason, but yeah, please continue there, sir. Oh, no, no, you didn't step. I like that. We're going to put a pin in that one and get back because that, that was a okay. great one. What I, I wanted to do, just because our audience may not be super familiar with you, if you could, Ryan, introduce yourself officially, what, what your platform is, what you cover over there at Dangerous World, and just kind of tell the people about yourself. Yeah, man. No, I, I again, I appreciate the opportunity to do that here, man. Um, yeah, I run Dangerous World podcast. Um, it's a conspiracy show. Lately, I've been on like a big CIA tear, uh, talking about like CIA infiltration in music and Hollywood and things like the psychedelic movement and all these things. And that might actually be something fun to talk about is like this whole movement of um, you know Rogan pushing psychedelics and all these big influencers warming you up to the idea that psychedelics are good and these entities that you meet they seem so nice and mm -hmm. like to me mm -hmm. they seem like freaking demons man like the, like the the sure. entities that you would meet under the influence of psychedelics don't seem like they're of like the christian god or the god of the bible or whatever you want to call that and i you know admittedly i am not educated on the bible at all like anytime that i bring up a bible verse in my show or bring up a topic that's related to the bible I make it very well known that A, I'm agnostic, lean towards Christianity, and B, I am by no means like a, a theological expert, if that's the, the correct term. Like I'm not, I'm not well versed in this stuff. So um yeah, I'm excited to ask you guys some questions though, man. Oh, we might need to find someone else because I'm not an <laughs> expert. Christopher, how, how you doing over there? Yeah, I would not say expert status. I'm not there yet. Right. Uh, well, that's I, good I, that, that you guys don't uh, call yourselves experts. Nah, um, we were doing some research today on, on this freaking guy from Silicon Valley that calls himself a intellectual jack of all trades. So I like that you guys don't call yourselves experts. It, it, it makes it more approachable. No, nah, for sure. Cool. So what's one, one of the burning questions you've had, man? Well, so, I mean, maybe we'll start with that first one that I mentioned, you know, the uh, the ritual component of all these things, going to church every Sunday, mm -hmm. um, getting baptized. You can't you can't make it to heaven if you aren't baptized, all that stuff. And maybe that's more of a Catholic idea. Um, but, yeah, like the idea of like just believing wholeheartedly believing in Jesus as the, the one and only savior, um, you know, not doubting ever that that God is you know, got your best interest in mind. This is the way that I understand it. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe I'm wrong to think of it that way, but um, it just seems so interesting in, in a world that is just riddled with confusion. How are we supposed to just like wholeheartedly believe in something when you don't see, in my opinion, you don't see God every day. You don't see positivity every single day. Um, there's no hard proofs in my opinion. Now I'm curious as to if there are hard proofs for you guys as, as Christians, um, and, and again, you know, if I'm saying anything ever that seems disrespectful towards Christianity, I never mean that, man. That is the one religion that I actually never want to disrespect. And that might kind of sound a little mean. No, it sounds I smart because God's pretty good with them lightning bolts. Like that aim yeah, ain't well, all. Well, hey, you know. Right. So, I mean, I mean I'm just saying, if, if it suddenly go black over there, I'm like, ooh. So, right. I mean, we're supposed I mean, to ask that question. That, okay. Note to self. Exactly. Well, see, this is the thing, man. I, I, I criticize Hinduism a lot. I criticize Buddhism a lot. This, these more Eastern religions. I, I just don't get it. I think that it's goofy. So Christianity, I don't think is goofy. Oh, no. Uh, on, on behalf of Christians everywhere, I would say <laughs> thank you. Um, exactly. And no, yeah, that, yeah, that's course. a real thing. I, I know I'm being a, a, a little jovial with it, but growing up, 
it was really hard to be a Christian because you constantly got made fun of. Uh, and if you got into really deep intellectual conversations, I didn't really have the backing. I didn't have the, the know-how on how to engage some of those, those questions. And so you end up feeling like you're on the losing team. And it doesn't help that most people are laughing at you anyway because they view Christianity as a very lowbrow type of belief system. And it wasn't until I got much older um, that what one of the things that won me, and it wasn't just one thing, I think that's a, a misnomer for people. Um, I, I think truly when you're doing this thing, it's a, a, it's a number of different things that kind of mesh together if that makes sense. It's normally not just one thing. It's um, not like that come to Jesus moment, so to speak. I mean, some people mm -hmm. have that. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But typically, I think even if you have that moment, if you start looking at the history in that person's life, there were probably other things that were occurring. That just may have been one of the most predominant things that left that imprint. Because uh, it's a process. There, There's a certain um, methodology that God uses with this. Because we're human beings, we're relational. We we don't just normally right, make right. decisions. You don't want to make a decision like this emotionally. And if you look, a, a rash decision. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're talking about an the probably the most important decision a person can make with their life is what mm -hmm. deity they will serve, right? And we all are going to serve one deity one way or another. Either we're going to serve Christ, or we're going to serve Buddha, or, or Muhammad, or whoever, or we serve the God of self. We just put ourselves in that in that place and say, Hey, I'll do what I want to do. I'll make it about how I want to live life. I might live life to, to the best way that I can not say, saying that I'm going to be a absolute heathen, but we still put ourselves in that position as opposed to being subservient under a larger worldview or framework. So everybody's got to answer that question. For me, a lot of that draw was finding out that there were intellectually satisfying reasons to be a Christian, not emotional ones. That doesn't mean that there okay. aren't, but for me, the biggest straw was there's actual reasons. Like if you're a smart person, you've got a, an intellectual fiduciary responsibility to actually look at the evidence and make a sound decision. And when that started getting huh. presented to me, it changed my whole perspective because I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in kind of like that world. And it would really irritate me when people would be like, oh, you're only a Christian because you grew up that way. Right. You know, I'm like, no, not now. You maybe a few years ago, you could have said that, but I had to actually walk through and start asking questions and start peeling back and saying, why do you really believe this? Like, why are you willing to orient your life around this? And those are tough questions. Well, let me ask you guys both, a, 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 you know, and maybe, you know, it might be similar for you both, or it might be very different. Was like, when was the, the moment for you guys where you were very close to not believing in jesus and in god and the whole christian walk of life like w was there ever a time where you were close to being like man screw this this is all fake or or was there ever any doubts in your guys's heads um i've probably had the most amount of time doubting or or walking away i mean that's kind of a, a christianese term for it uh but i was raised in church and uh Went through a lot of things that a lot of people in the church couldn't relate to, unfortunately. And I don't want to put myself up on a pedestal, but I could outthink everyone that I was going to church with. Mm. And that got old real quick. 
Because right. it didn't take... it's like blind belief almost for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Yeah, and you you ask a couple questions and then you know they're just kind of talking in circles or they don't have answers or they you know they do the oh well you just have to believe and I'm like that that's not working for me. Right. So probably early twenties, most of my twenties maybe, I was like I don't know what this is. Like it's not the church. Like I had I still had a, a reverence to the Bible, like recognizing its history and. And all of the years that's been studied and, you know, even as a, a literary work, like I was like, there's got to be something to this, but it's not what's happening in the church. So I would say a majority of my 20s, I was like, I, I definitely was not living like any of that mattered to me. Like maybe in the back of my mind, I was like, there might be some truth there, but it had no uh, authoritative sway on any of the decisions that I was making. And it was mostly like an intellectual thing. Like the, the people that were like the, the majority of the people that made up the church you were going to just didn't seem like they were really thinking about what they were doing. They were just kind of doing it from a ritual perspective of going to church and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure like, I don't want to discredit their, um, their authenticity. Like I'm sure they really believed, but there's just so many people that just believe and don't ask questions or, you know, it's just, it's, they don't think very hard about anything. And that's of course right. going to bleed over into their theology and going to church and all of that. And that just wasn't enough for me. And it was mm. actually Jason. Cause he told me first conversation we had, he told me I was going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Technically really? is not what I say. Well, I was, I was wearing all my, my biker attire and uh, uh, was wearing the, the patch on the back and it said president, you know, and he, he made some comment about how, uh, what was it that I didn't know anything about sin or I was, uh, what, what did you say exactly? We were talking, I was talking to another coworker and we were talking about the, uh, we were talking about the tenses of salvation and the impact of sin. And I think at the, at the point Christopher was standing, um, it within earshot listening. And so me and the coworker I was talking to, we both knew him and I knew he was listening and I said, you know, what? I mean, take him. He, he, he's probably doesn't know Jesus at all, but I mean, <laughs> Can't be upset about that. You know, I can't really ask him this question about sin. So I got to find somebody else. And I went back to the conversation. He got offended. It was like, what do you mean I don't know Jesus? And I, I was like, I don't know if I got offended. You're wearing a motorcycle patch, bro. <laughs> it says president. Sons of Anarchy is really famous at this time. And you look like a darker Jax Teller, okay, with red hair. <laughs> I know what y'all do in the motorcycle club. I've been watching this documentary for seven years. I am well acquainted with what y'all do. So, no, well, the, the biker club wasn't like uh, Wheels of Christ or anything. It wasn't anything like uh, like a Christian biker. Is there any Christian biker gangs out there? That'd be dope. Yeah, there actually are. Are there really? Uh huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them. They're they're pretty big. Got chapters all over the United States. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, from that, it, it started a, a series of, of conversations between Christopher and I um, that I think were were really fruitful on both ends because for me. I've been coming out of, of a situation where similar to Christopher, you know, not being able to have questions answered, being told that you, that, that faith is more important than intellect or that intellect is going to get you to a place where you don't really have a, a genuine relationship with God, that there's going to be problems with that. You know, it's more faith-based than it is intelligence, that reason is a man-made issue. Those type of things really rubbed me the wrong way. And then that reason is a man-made issue. Wow. Well, reason <laughs> is 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 man's attempt to answer things outside, let's say, the wisdom of God. And I'm like, I don't know if I could could go with that. You know, statements like God's not logical. 
logic is a man-made thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the more I learn about God, the more logical I think he is. Mm-hmm. The more intelligent I think he is. Matter of fact, half the reason I listen to him is because I'm like, you're smarter than me. This seems like a right. very good option to me, but I'm dealing with someone that's immensely smarter, so I should probably listen. <laughs> so I don't have to find out right. the hard way. Uh, so coming out of that right. type of environment, coming out of an environment where if you asked questions, you were deemed to be challenging. If you, you were deemed to be an intellectual, which in, in that type of community is not a badge of honor, right? And not mm-hmm. being able to ask questions about real world issues and get real world, get get meaningful responses that are not just quote unquote religious or or a Christian response. Not talking about things that I think most people who I would encounter outside of church on Monday through Saturday are going to be asking me. It left me very dissatisfied with my experience. And that was just on, that was on a, 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 an outwardly external perspective. Internally, a lot of my lack of belonging or feeling like I had a place caused me to begin to feel disassociated with God. So I don't know how I can serve someone who doesn't laugh. Right. You, right. I don't. It, what I found for me was that many of my perspectives about God caused me to have problems in my relationship with him. So my view, you were asking, you know, is every time you want to walk away, I struggled with it for a long time. Like, why, why am I serving this entity? I, I don't get it. Like, how are we related? I'm not even going to ask the question, is Jesus black? Took me a little bit of time for that. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like, you no, know. but like, does God laugh? Does God have a sense of humor? Is God a drill instructor to sitting up there just taking notes on me doing bad and getting ready to chew my behind out? Right. You right. know, the perception I had of him was so skewed and jaded that it really affected um, my willingness to want to be in a relationship with him, number one. And then if you add on to that, the mainstream narrative that is so, as you said on your show, so geared at attacking Christianity, but at the same time, so good at presenting a view that seems plausible. It was easy to kind of start getting sucked into that whole world of, I, I, I don't know how much of this I can buy. You know, if I turn on National Geographic and they tell me that the, the universe was made over millions and millions of years and then i go into scripture it says six days but national geographic has given me a very beautiful computer generated image that seems incredibly plausible i don't have that in scripture so this this image is starting to seem a little bit more truthful than this whole six day thing that's what's interesting when they they make this whole thing about religion versus science Mm -hmm. and on our earth with the technology and all the things that the people that support the science uh uh you know push it 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 makes it seem like if you're going either religion or science i mean science is clearly real there's real stuff behind science and now i mean we're realizing that science is bought and paid for you can manipulate facts this is why i think a lot of people are getting kind of guided back towards like the days of old where there there's a lot of people that believe in some kind of creator whether it's a whether you believe in simulation theory, whether you believe in whether you follow like the big three religions, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, whatever it is, or some of these other ones, people are getting kind of pushed back into believing into 
a creator of some kind. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's always interesting to me that, that the Christian God is under attack for some reason by these people that are pushing what's what I refer to as scientism. It's not science. It's scientism. It's a religion of science. Believe the science. Don't, don't question it. You're racist. If you question it somehow, even though it has to do with viruses, it's weird. <laughs> um, you know, it's strange the the way that they're doing this. So when you see science becoming a religion, people are turned off by that. People liked the facts and people liked factual based stuff where you can go and you can cite stuff. Now I can find anything that I want to, if I wanted to prove something, no matter if it's true or false, I can prove it. How many genders do you think there are two or infinite infinity, man, there's, there's cited things that can prove both, which is wild. And this is why, like, you know, it's just really tough to really know what's real and what's not, what's, what's fact and what's just total BS. I would agree with you. Um, I think that that is done on purpose. Uh, you know, I think Chappelle put it beautifully when he said, you live in an age, we live in an age of spin. Everything now seems to have the tainted fingerprints of spin. You know, right. we live in a world with deep fakes. We live in a world with AI. We live in a world yeah. where what seems credible can be manufactured on a cell phone, on a lunch break. You know, we, we have we live in a world where memes can go viral, where you can have satirical content that's put out and gets passed off as credible. It's hard to know what's true. But I think that is such an important question to determine. And I, I remember talking uh, <laughs> at, at the job where I was working with Christopher. I remember talking to a, a supervisor there. Um, kind of got into one of these quick religious conversations, which I honestly don't like having most of the time because I right. feel like I'm going into an MMA fight, like <laughs> constantly. And it's you're not supposed to like shank your opponent. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of treat him like like uh, um, it, man. You know, you got to push him aside a little bit, maybe slap him upside the head, but you don't want to give him a concussion. You know, and I'm more of a concussion type person. You know, right. just come, come with all the power. So it's hard to have that, that type of conversation where you're, you're gentle. Um, and he made the statement to me. He was like, I'm an, I'm an agnostic. All right. I don't believe that you, that you can know anything to be true. I said, okay, that's bull crap. And he looks at me and he goes, what? Like, how could you just say that flat out? And I said, I, I don't get an agnostic perspective. I'm not coming to you personally, right? I'm just telling you a story. No, I don't care, man. No, I, 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 welcome this kind of stuff yeah i was like i don't i don't get it i said i i would be better off if you just said i don't like it or i don't want to adhere to it the rules suck what have you but to say i don't i believe that you can't know anything to be absolutely true i said by logic alone you're acting as though that is a true statement he goes yeah i said well it's self-refuting if you don't believe anything can be true and you're holding the belief that I don't believe anything can be true to be true, then that means that obviously something can be true. Right. Right. So I was like, why not just search out what is true as opposed to holding the position? I don't know what can be, but he turned around and walked away on me. <laughs> well, I, that I guess that means I should hang up right now. Right. <laughs> I should just leave. No, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> yeah. My job's not on the line. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I mean, he didn't want to necessarily have a conversation. Because yeah. if somebody did something like that to me, I'm like, all right, we got to talk a little bit more. 
Because at that point, it pushes the conversation into, are you after finding out what's true or are you after substantiating your position and that's okay? For him, he was after, in my opinion, substantiating his position. Uh, I think for you, you're, you're at a different place. So yeah, <clears throat> what helped me was being introduced to ideas that one acknowledge some of the questions that we have like how can you know what's true i remember getting uh introduced to to a christian apologist i think his name is robbie zacharias and he he outlined this this grid of how do you approach and assess a claim for truth he said now philosophers have been dealing with this for a while there normally is is at least two rules you know the rule of non-contradiction and oh man, I forgot the other one. It's the law of identity, the three laws of logic. Yeah, it's the law of identity, the law of non-contradiction, and the law the law of excluded middle. Thank you. See, this is why it takes two people to operate the Jaeger. <laughs> there right? you go. Right, this is a big machine here. Um, and then from that, there's normally a, a three, four, five grid that he works from. The the three part is that if you have a truth claim um, that meets the, those first three, then you need to look at it. Is it logically consistent? Is it uh, empirically adequate and is it experientially relevant? That alone, I was like, oh, I'm listening because I've never heard this from any church service ever. Right. That's way different than you just need to believe. Right. This game. Like, wait, me. I got six things and what, how many categories and right. whose middle is being excluded? Right. <laughs> I was feeling over. I was like, I hope it ain't my middle. Like, like what's happening? <laughs> then there's a four or five grade. So once you answer that, then it needs to, to answer the the questions that human beings face, you know, basically it needs to be applied to origin, meaning, morality, purpose, and destiny. You know, you need to be able to talk about how do how do we live, how do, how do we get here, how do we treat each other, what's the purpose in life, uh, and how do we what happens when we die? Like mm. these are all the questions that humanity wants to know the answer to. And so as he starts running through this, I'm like hooked. Like, it's feeding my brain, my soul, my atoms. I'm like, this is dope stuff that I've never heard put forth in a, in a logically consistent manner. And this is what helps to form one arm of the structure for a belief system. Like, it's not the entire system. And right. I think that's one of the problems. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, don't, I think that's one of the problems when people view Christianity. They look at it as a, a one-thought idea. I just believe in Jesus Christ. Well, one of the things that peeled my brain back is uh, there's an apologist called J.P. Moreland, and he talked about the fact that we don't have direct control over our beliefs. <laughs> and growing up in the church where you just have to believe, right? I was like, wait a minute, what does this mean? I, mean, I don't believe that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives, right. he gives this example, and he goes, I've got $20 million or whatever astronomical figure of money, He's like, if you can force yourself to believe that there are pink elephants floating around your head right now. He's like, you can lie about it. You can imagine, but you can't force yourself to believe something that you know isn't there or that you've not uh, built the framework to support. He's like, even though you have a really good reason to do it, because if you can force yourself to believe, you know, here's this large sum of money. We don't do that. So you... Christianity isn't a, a, a one idea thing 
like that pink elephant flying around the room. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the the issues that comes up with with investigating it or looking at it or or considering it because it's it's like well I'll believe in Christianity when I'll believe that there's a pink elephant flying around the room. There, there's there's well, a that's whole what's framework. Sorry, that that needs yeah. addressed. Go ahead. That's what's so interesting is like, you know, when, when people use those kinds of examples, they're obviously fantastical examples, like a pink elephant flying around the room. And then when you're going to equate that to Christianity, it's just like, yeah, obviously there's no such thing as a flying pink elephant elephant. Why? You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird that they always use these crazy examples well, the, for things like that. Right. The example is just to paint the picture. Right, like, right. It's taking it to the nth degree because it's easy to recognize, okay, I can't force myself to believe it in a in a pink elephant because it's something that I know is incorrect. Right. But something that's not so easy to distinguish would be Christianity. You know, there's questions about the authenticity of the book and the authorship and, sure. and the historicity of it. But you can't just present it and go here, believe it. Because well, with, and, you know go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna kind of change change gears a little bit there because you know it, it is interesting that here in the U.S. and, um, you know, really the Western world, the Christians really, they take like December 21st, uh, 25th, sorry, as uh, as Jesus's birthday, right? When that's like a a totally like a ritualistic day like that. that it, it, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with Jesus's birth. Um, from what I understand, it seems like Jesus was born closer to Easter, right? Sometime in the spring from what I've seen and what I've researched. Why? do Christians stand behind the holiday of Christmas when like the, the hardest Christians I know, like the people that like really die hard follow it, they don't celebrate it. And they say it's like a freaking like devil worshiping holiday. Right. Mm -hmm. It's strange that more Christians don't, don't speak out about this because it, I mean, is there any proof that Jesus was born on December 25th? And if there is, why isn't that more known? Jason. Oh, you took a deep breath. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you was about to say something. Um, according to scripture, for, from what I remember, I think there's a key phrase that um, kind of seals the deal for this. And this is the fact that the shepherds were out in the field, which is not something that they would have done in the wintertime in Judea. Right. Uh, that's something that would have been more uh, springtime, if I'm not mistaken. You'd think so, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm not. I, I don't I don't have sheep running around, so I'm not a shepherd. No, no, but, I'm agreeing with you. I'd no, say no, you yeah. would think so. Right, you know what right. I mean? Um, so I, I don't think that there's a, a credible reason to believe in December 25th. My issue has been twofold with that. Number one, I don't like the fact that when it's bought up to Christians in general, um, there's such a vehement resistance against just examining the idea it's like we've latched on christmas is fine if it's if it's his birthday fine if it's not at least the world's talking about him blah 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 that right that doesn't really sit well for me it's not it's not a good look no this and like you know like the whole nativity scene like if you're going to use baby jesus in this beautiful scene of you know mary and joseph and then all you know the three wise men and all the animals are crowding around and you're going to use that as a symbol. Obviously, we think of like, you know, most average people think of like the Christmas tree and gift wrapping and all this stuff as more symbols of, of Christmas. But you do have that whole Christian side of it. 
And it, to me, it's interesting that more Christians don't don't kind of, for lack of a better term, raise hell about that because it's like, man, this is this is bastardizing our guy here, and it, it's totally just using him to sell stuff. It seems like. Well, I think, and and people second, don't. I was gonna say, here's the second thing um, that that bothers me with that, and that is the fact that it doesn't take long to really look at you know, as a fellow Christian doing a hard look at myself or, or as the church at large, I don't think it takes a lot to actually realize that the church has been infiltrated with non-biblical thinking for decades, you know, for centuries. And as those seeds have germinated and actually grown into to trees, they have produced fruit that we are dealing with down downwind right and i think that's what we see here in the modern church era we've been indoctrinated with traditions we we've been infiltrated with paganism that has passed itself off as a sect of christianity what am i talking about catholicism uh we Mm -hmm. have as you pointed out before scientism that has assaulted the church i mean the church has been under a tremendous amount of attack and unfortunately not many of the soldiers in the ranks have returned fire. We've just kind of bought into, well, I guess this is what it is. You know, it's kind of like they say, if you tell a lie frequently enough, it begins to get believed. It's normalized. People just go with it. Exactly. Which is why it's so critical to actually search scripture for yourself, to actually research for yourself to actually ask these questions. And at the same time that this is going on, we can't ignore the fact that there has been also an attack, not just on Christianity, but on the world at large. Society has been re-engineered. You know, you and I, we we both, me, you and Christopher are both in a space where we talk about that stuff pretty Mm -hmm. frequently. Um, People have been designed and, and I don't want to say designed. People have been conditioned and detuned, right. To, to not, be inquisitive, to not be curious, to not ask questions of their surroundings, right? That curiosity has been stripped from them. So that carries over, not just in their personal life, not just in their business world, not just in the scholastic world. It also carries over into their religious views. You know, I don't know. I just, that's what we do. You know, there's a wonderful story I heard one time where a girl was talking about, she would get a turkey and she would cut the legs off and put it in this little pot, like just chop the whole thing up, put it in this little pot, and we'll boil it up and, and do the thing for Thanksgiving. And uh, finally, she stopped and, and asked her mom. I think her daughter asked her first, why do we do this? She was like, I don't know. My, my mom mom did it this way. So she went and asked her mom, like, why do we do this? And she, mom was like, you're still doing that? And she There's was no like, answer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? why do we do it? She was like, because I didn't have a pot big enough for the turkey. That's why I cut it up. Right. It, Interesting. It, was, it was out of okay. out of practical reasons. But here the, the child had adopted the behavior without asking the question of why. And it just became status quo. This is just what we do. And that's huh. one of the dangers of tradition. Tradition can have a, a, a beautiful, beautiful impact on on the, the experience of a person. But it's understanding the reason behind it that actually enriches the tradition. When tradition itself becomes the thing that you do it can then become an idol and a vice. And I think well, so too let me often ask that's you, been the issue. Right, man. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Do you guys, as Christians, do you guys celebrate Christmas yourselves? 
I do, but I'm coming out of it. So when I say I do, each year I've celebrated it less as I've had to do research and understand more and kind of determine where do I stand on this. Okay. So it, it wasn't an instant, I'm done with it. Like I told you, a lot of my walk has been intellectual. So there were sure. things I had to learn. There were things I had to understand. I, I needed to understand the history of paganism. I needed to understand right. why would this be an issue? I need to understand some of the traditions behind it. Then I had to ask some tough questions of myself which is why do I still want to participate in this? If there's really any chance that it's in, that it could be a problem Two, is this affecting my walk in an adverse way? And then thirdly, if this is something that is part of a structure and a system designed by my enemy, then what way is this adversely affecting me? Right, right, right. Okay. That's Those aren't a lot of questions I, I see people asking and Christopher was, was one of them. So I've kind of <laughs> moved towards, Nah, I don't really want to do that. If it comes to gift giving, I can give gifts on birthdays, you know, or I can give gifts whenever. You know, there's not a, a prohibition against that. I don't want to necessarily be duped. I don't want to participate in something that could have an adverse effect on my actual relationship with Christ. And I don't want to potentially celebrate another deity. Right. Those three right. issues kind of cause me to be like, eh, pump the brakes, bro. You know, and really That's determine for yourself, not just am I going to celebrate it, but then am I going to teach my kids? You know, when I get kids, mm -hmm. how am I going to instruct them? If I get married, you know, I am I dealing with a woman who agrees with that? Or am I going to have to talk with her about that? Or does she already understand that? You know, there's, there are different things to work through because culturally this is so accepted. It's amazing. And because I don't, I don't necessarily uh, celebrate Christmas either. Uh, I'm not afraid of it necessarily you know if if my job's gonna give me the day off then i'm gonna take the day off and, and have right, dinner with right. family or whatever uh but it definitely isn't um a a holiday that i uh participate in as far as like christmas trees and and the ritualistic aspects to it i love christmas but, trees yeah yeah like, i, I do too they're pretty man right. like the whole lights like i'll put lights inside my house i live out in like the country so i don't put lights outside i put lights inside and I like the vibe. The vibe is cool. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, it's like the one time of year where stuff looks different. You know, there's lights and there's cool decorations. We don't really get a winter out here in Tucson, Arizona. So it's just cold. You know, it's not, not like it's just kind of a different. It looks different. And it's made very appealing to the family. It says right. that like this, this holiday brings your family together. This holiday is about loved ones. This holiday, uh, you know, yeah, Jesus was born today, but that's not really what it's about. It's about family. It's about giving. It's better to give than receive and all this stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting the way that it's marketed. Mm -hmm. um, but it just so happens to coincide, like, with the end of the year where companies that, that produce products need to get into the black as opposed to staying in the red. Like, black, that's the reason why they call Black Friday Black Friday. It's like that's yep. when companies go from being in debt to getting into profits and then they got that whole month of december with the biggest holiday of the year in the western world to really put them over the edge and get to the stage where the investors are happy with with what they're doing since we so seem it, to be like on a christmas kick uh what's that i said since we seem to be on a christmas kick i want to say this one of yeah. the other things that was curious to me is if this is about jesus birthday then why do we have so much pagan iconography that is 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 saturated with this holiday and how much of it are we willing to ignore or take out like let's say it, it is his birthday right so then we got to deal with the santa claus issue right so am, am i going to at least cut out and say no saint nick 
No presents from Santa, none of that stuff. Uh, If it is about Christ, then what's up with mistletoes? What's up with the Yule log? You know, what's up with some of these things that that are iconic to this this holy day? And then the issue becomes, why is it a holy day unto which God? Like, what do I see being presented to myself? And am I willing to sort through that? Am Mm -hmm. I willing to if necessary, put that on a chopping block. Yeah, one of the things that that every year reminds me why <laughs> why taking a stance against Christmas is the right idea is the amount of insane backlash that me and my family get because we're not participating. From family, mm. from other Christians, you know, how dare you do this? You know, what about Christianity? What about Jesus? I'm like, what about him? Like there's plenty of other days of the year that you can meditate or think and pray and you know whatever you if you want to buy people gifts because Jesus gave us the best gift then you don't have to be bound to December 25th. But there is this weird visceral response when you even suggest, well maybe we shouldn't do this or maybe let's just cut out the Christmas tree or let's cut out the presents. It's weird. It's almost like there's a spell on people. Right, right. Because, yeah. no, we have to do this. I think here's the thing to, to also consider. You know, Christopher and I aren't trying to be legalistic. Like, when Christopher's like, you know, I don't judge people who celebrate it. I was like, yeah, me neither. Um, because, and I think this goes back to your question a moment ago of why aren't more people engaged in this, uh, against it. I think that we have to remember, the, the reason I'm not against people like the reason I'm not judging them per se is that I realize that the the main focus of Christianity isn't legalism it's relationship and all relationship has rules to it so I get that there's going to be some rules right there's going to be some boundaries to that so I expect that there is going to be some do's and don'ts in order for that to be and remain a healthy relationship but because it is about relationship and people are at different stages of understanding in different stages of coming out of this satanic matrix. I can't Mm. judge per se a person that has not gotten to the point where they understand this. Mm. You know, I can't judge a person that hasn't gotten to the point where they say, okay, I'm willing to cut ties with this because I didn't start out day one like that. It took God a while to convince me and get me to the point where, okay, I'm willing to make that. And I don't know where that person is on that journey. So hmm. I'm willing to allow people, hey, you know, if you're celebrating that, all right, you're celebrating that. Now, if you, they ask me my opinion, door's wide open. You know, I'll tell you my opinion. And like Christopher said, there is a tremendous amount of backlash that comes with that that's most unfortunate. You would figure that people could could, could think about that and have that conversation a little more rationally. Um, but I think what, what Chuck Missler said rings so true. And in essentials, we should be unified as Christians and non-essentials. We should give Liberty. And with all things, we should engage people through love, right? If this is something that's absolutely critical to the faith, then we got to be unified on this. We can't give any wiggle room. We got to call people out. If this is something that is not necessarily a critical issue or doctrine, then there's some Liberty that we can give there's some leeway or what have you, as, as you know, you're going through this, but ultimately I think we have to deal with people in love. And I don't mean the pansy, soft type right, right. of love but punch you know. him in the face 
right? If necessary. <laughs> yeah, tough love. Like, yeah. real, like, I yeah, mean, like you're doing something wrong. Right. If so it's appropriate to it. the situation, you know, because right. a lot of these people that you talk about love and the way they want to be loved, it's like if the house is burning down, they want a gentle hello. Right. Ah, it lists, sweetheart. There's a little smoke in here. Yeah, right, you've right, been right. coughing. But it's gonna get warm, you know. I'll come back in five yeah. minutes to see if you're okay. Hot, warm, warm, warm right, not right. hot. You know, you ain't gonna be toasty like they did in Mortal Kombat. Where I heard know? this great analogy for that, where like you know, if if you're a kid and you're sticking tweezers in the electrical socket, a good parent is gonna slap that out of your hand and tell you like, do not do that. That will hurt you. Yep. But like a a crappy parent will, will like. You know, take the thing out of the hand. Be like, "Hey, don't do that." You know, like that—that's not—that's not something good to do. If you're doing something that is bad, you know, you gotta you gotta be like kind of shocked into not doing it, especially if you're a child or if it's just something that you're completely ignorant about. I'm a but like survival the, of the fittest work itself out. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you. I'm I'm with you on that kind of stuff. I think that it, I think it kind of is with like these vaccines that are you know like all this stuff that seems to be a little bit of Darwinism for a lack of a better term or whatever, but. You know, the last couple of things I'll throw out about Christmas and then um, actually a buddy of mine had a question that I thought was really interesting. And I'm, I'm curious as to your take on this. But like you have like the Santa is an anagram for Satan. It's very interesting. And then also it seems to be some sort of like in a weird way, like a Masonic holiday honoring the idea of duality with the red and green colors, because those are polar opposite colors. Mm-hmm. If you look at a color wheel, red is the opposite of green because you have your three primary colors. Red being, you know, let's say red's right here, blue and yellow, green is in the middle of that. So you got your you got your your white and black, so to speak, or your your polar opposites there. Yeah. Um let me ask this this one here because this was interesting. And for the record, guys, like you know, I pray every night to to God and I say in Jesus' name, amen. Like I do do that every single night. Um, usually when I wake up in the morning, I try to make it a habit. To say, God, thank you for today. Like, I always try to do that before I pick up my phone because it's such a habit. Right when I wake up to pick up my phone, check notifications, see what's going on, and then get my day started. I try to always say, God, thank you for allowing me to wake up. Thank you for another good night of sleep. All that stuff, right? Like, I try to do that um, every single night. So it's not like, uh, you know, I think that what you guys are saying is crazy here by any means. Um, okay, so this is what this dude said, and he's like much more of an esoteric thinker. He said, um, why do Christians accept Constantine's version of Jesus being physical and not within yourself? Are you familiar with that idea? And like the idea of Jesus. Go ahead. So he said, like, if if they don't understand it fully, like the, the way that he lays it out, um, you know, the idea of the 12 disciples, there's the idea of the 12 chakras, um, the 12 astrological signs the 12 trips of Horus, the 12 adventures of Hercules, the 12 grades in school, you see constantly this idea of 12, right? Mm -hmm. And that seems to pay homage to Jesus in some way. But why, again, the question, why do Christians accept Constantine's version of Jesus being physical and not within yourself, which has been passed through generations to a point of the King James Bible and changes several times throughout. So my first... The King James Bible. I don't mean to take, take over. No, go ahead. Uh, my first question would be to, you know, if I was asked that, if I was asked that question, my first response would be a question would say, well, who did the Romans crucify? That's what he says here too. So if, Jesus, yeah, yeah, but that's a, a documented historical reality. That person existed and was crucified. So the idea then that 
the concept of Jesus is more of a internal deity that you can rise and, and channel your inner God and ascend to, you know, heightened levels of the Christ consciousness. Thing. Right. Yeah. Doesn't jive and doesn't, um, doesn't coalesce with scriptural teaching, which is that Jesus is an actual person that, that the incarnation the taking on the flesh was absolutely critical that he had to be a real person considering the plight that humanity was in. None of this would, would add up and make sense if he wasn't a real person, right? Because there's a much bigger backdrop that's going on than just whose version of Christ are we familiar with downwind from a chronological mm-hmm. perspective? Like, and scripture does such a phenomenal job of pointing out what I think much better than any other religious book, the true plight of humanity, which is that we are members of a renegade government established by Lucifer. And we took membership through our federated head of Adam uh, by way of being in the garden and choosing to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. As opposed to the tree of life, which scripture says is actually quantumly tied to Jesus Christ. So we had a chance to actually partake in Christ's government and we chose the other. And that has consequences. Those consequences have produced the amount of they've been one of um, one of two significant reasons for why we have the level of chaos, disorder and corruption and death that we we experience today. Right. And something had to be done about that. And it legally required a human being to actually step in and do that. But given the corruption that we were under, we were incapable of actually meeting the criteria to be a legal representative for Christianity or not for Christianity, legal representative for humanity. So this is why it's so important that God, who could actually do what needed to be done, stepped in and became a human being. So to take that away. And to say then that we're just going to deal with Christ consciousness and that that's not a real person invalidates not just the belief system, but it invalidates the very reason for why he actually had to come to the planet. It's such Hmm. a critical reason. It took a human being to pay the price that humanity needed to pay in order to be taken out of that governmental league that came from eating the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and be legally allowed to change citizenship. Like Mm -hmm. one of the most interesting things I'm finding is that in the spiritual world, there is a a high degree of legality. Right. Yeah. A high degree. There seems to be. It's kind of like um, one of my favorite movies. I think we talked about this before devil's advocate. Right. I think that there's so much truth behind that. The fact that Al Pacino, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that Al Pacino was a lawyer is so critical and so insightful, right? Because there's so much legality that happens. Like we were legally ostracized from God because of the fact that we were not just sinful, we were corrupted beyond our capacity even with Stan being in his presence. That's an interesting theory, man, because you have like all of our politicians of modern times are legal experts. They're not really critical thinkers. They just are. They manipulate language Mm -hmm. and the entire English language, which is the language of business. It seems like you have to know English if you want to do business today, um, no matter where you're living. There's some strange words and some strange meanings. And like the etymology of these words is wild. 
You know, not only that, the person person who helped expand the English language, Francis Bacon, wasn't William William Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he helped expand working with, uh, I forget Webster's first name. I want to say it's David, but the, the guy who did the Webster's Dictionary, he added several different words to it. Now, that should be alarming to, to people who are thinking. You know, our language is built off of casting spells. That's why we call it spelling. Right. Mm-hmm. And if a person who's a Satanist helps to expand and kind of give take a, a, a peasant language and elevate it to the the status that it is, not even now because it's it's gone back down, but to the, the position that it enjoyed in antiquity, you got to ask what really was going on behind the scenes. And I think this whole language, there's a reason why it's the de facto language of the business world of commerce, because it's all based on casting spells. And one of right. the things that's interesting in scripture that it talks about when quote unquote Lucifer, um, when he had an issue, it was because of the violence of his commerce, right? It was the fact that he was involved in trade. He was involved in business. It's not surprising to me then that we live in a system that is financed by Satanists through the, via the Rothschilds and is governed by language of Satanists developed by Francis Bacon right. and, and, and Webster. I think all of that goes to put people in consistent levels of bondage that is multi-layered. And again, that's why Christ coming to this planet was so important. You know, one of the questions people like to ask What's up with all the evil that you see on the planet, right? When's God going to step in, do something about all the evil? It's a big one for me, man. A huge one for me, yeah. Used to be one of those questions I hated hearing, right? The whole evil question. I'm like, "Ah, can't you ask something else? Can't we talk about It's a basic one, but it's so, it it merits an answer. It's like, why why do kids get taken such advantage of? Why does this horrible stuff happen constantly? Right. You know, we need some help here. And it's like, when is it coming? Is it coming? I like the question now. I, I like the fact that when a person asks that, they at least demonstrate an awareness of right or wrong. Right. Right. Not everybody's on that. Cause especially when we live in a culture that teaches, uh, you know, relativistic thinking and situational ethics and just, you know, be the, the purveyor of your own truth, you know, live out your own truth. Everybody's a God unto themselves. The idea that they recognize a absolute right or wrong, that they recognize an oughtness to life, I think is very, very important and very, very telling because you really couldn't have that without a sovereign God at the helm. Right. Is that something that you believe in that, that everyone is a God unto themselves? No, I don't believe in that as in give credence to that. I just recognize that many people have adopted that. Right. And that's a, that's a Crowleyan idea, right? Aleister Crowley kind of, I guess, introduced that to the, the public thought with like the age of Horus and Aquarius and all this stuff, which is interesting. Cause that's when supposedly from the way that they see it, that's when Jesus is out of the picture. He's the savior for the area, uh, the uh, era of Pisces, mm-hmm. right? That's where you get the fish from when we move into Aquarius, which it's really tough to know when, when the hell that is. Uh, when Aquarius begins, some people say 2150. Some people say we're in it right now. Um, yeah, I've heard that we've already, it already started. Yeah. I mean, but I've also heard 2150. I don't know if either of you guys have heard that I as well, that but it's like, Mm-mm. yeah. So I don't know, but well, uh, let me, let me ask you guys this then. Um, I do want to get uh, back to the, to the problem of evil though, but, but go ahead. 
Oh no, I was gonna say, you know, with you said so much there, Jason. I just wanted to like try to kind of address some things, like you know, the idea of, uh, and you kind of alluded to this, but like the United States being founded on the idea of Christianity. Uh, when it seems to have been founded more on like Satanism, it seems right. Yeah. Christopher, um, I don't endorse that view. Yeah. I don't think anyone that can actually like articulate any of these ideas could actually really believe that. Right. They say that George Washington sweared in on a Bible. That doesn't seem to be the case at all. It seems like it might've been like some sort of I think it was a Masonic Freemason. Bible. It seems to be right. Yeah. The God of the Freemasons is Lucifer, Right. It's the it's the dualistic idea of what the devil is. You got Lucifer and Satan, both being separate but equal entities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it might sound goofy and it might sound like to people out there that that don't uh, that, that are annoyed with Christians saying everything is demonic and all this stuff. Right. Is it demonic? Is it satanic to be a patriot to the United States or is it more satanic or more Luciferian or whatever to be like a globalist? It's really difficult to know this because, dude, you've got like your red, white, blue colors in the flag. If this country was founded on Satanism and, and Luciferianism, Masonic tradition, whatever, are you embracing the devil, for lack of a better term, if you're a patriot of the United States? Huh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um... I think we picked the right segment for this. <laughs> what do you mean tough questions, tough questions? Right. yeah no that's a tough one i don't know i don't know if i would say hard and fast that if you are a patriot you you're satanic right most people wouldn't wouldn't see it that way but right. it's just like the the spiritual battle that may be going on like the uh, the like microaggressions if you want to call it that like uh you know yeah i think it's interesting um what is it? The the first commandment is that thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Right. So I pledging think, allegiance to the flag and all that stuff. Right. I think there's a level of grace. I know for a fact that there is a level of grace between um, what being a perfect human would be and what we're capable of. Because if you even look in the uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the it, Jesus closes out the Sermon on the Mount and says, you know, be perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. We, none of us do that. If we did, then, then the necessity of Jesus wouldn't exist. Right. So there's this, there's this goal. There's this expectation that we should be striving towards, but the reality that we're just not going to make it. So in a, a hierarchy of, of allegiances, right? Because we, we belong to a, um, like a, a school system, we belong to a job. And I don't know if we immediately adopt the full responsibility of the entity as a whole by just being a part of. You know what I mean? Like I have a job, I work for a corporation. I am not personally responsible necessarily. And, and it's it's on a scale depending on how involved I am and what I'm actually doing. But I'm not right. immediately guilty of everything that they're doing, whether it be fraud or embezzlement or i'm not saying the company i work for is doing that but if they were to do that (laughs) that would not fall on me and it's the same way as american citizens i think that that it's okay to have some amount of um wow i really don't necessarily want to use the word pride but to like to like where you're from to (laughs) to appreciate the uh, uh the positive aspects of the government the thing that it does the things that it might be doing to help you 
I think it's it's perfectly fine to engage with those things on on that level without immediately inheriting all of the um, guilt that America and the blood that America has on its hands since its founding. You know, there's well, a think um, about the fact. Oh, so I'm sorry, Christopher. Go ahead. Well, sorry, we talk go. we talk a lot about um, kingdom culture versus world culture, and as a Christian, I think that it's it's vitally important that where whatever culture we find ourselves in, whatever government we find ourselves under, that the primary focus and our primary allegiance comes to um, forming a kingdom culture in the place that we're in, which is one of the reasons that church is important. I wouldn't say that you have to go to church in order to be saved, but church is put in a place so, so people that are like-minded, that love Jesus, can come together and start to develop this culture um, devoted to God and, and his statutes. And, and, and you can do that with the church no matter where you find yourself. Does, does that right. help to answer the question? A little bit, man. I, can I, I think something? that, I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to answer, right? I mean, it's not like a straightforward thing. I, I just find that, you know, it, it's crazy that you know, if you're if you're an American citizen, you're sitting there paying taxes, you're feeding the machine, right? Like with your tax dollars. Obviously, we know taxes are BS and they it's like a money laundering thing. Realistically is what it is because they've just been printing money and sending it all over to Ukraine for some reason. Um, so that's like a whole separate discussion. But like the idea of, um, you know, the corporation that you work for, and I'm not obviously you made it clear, like they're not embezzling money. They're not doing anything unlawful or whatever. Um, usually these corporations uh, hinting at the word corporation corpus is that root word. That's a, that's a body. That's an entity of its own. That's why they say like corporations think, think on their own. They're their own living, breathing entities. Like you've heard presidents say this. Um, I feel like, like people that identify as Christians and they work in the system and they pay tax dollars there is some part of their spirit that is just giving themselves over to this evil system, man. It's a very evil system that we live in where it's all, it's all money-based, right? It's all like that. This is where I almost feel like the Amish have it right, where it's like, they've, they've completely just like got themselves away from the system. Now there are problems in that community and everything, but I feel like if you're a part of a bigger system like that, and you're just one small piece and you're just trying, you, you justify it in your mind, not you guys, but one would justify it in their mind. You know, I'm just trying to feed my family. I'm just, I'm doing what's right. I'm, I'm staying out of prison so I can continue to provide for my family and blah, blah, blah. It seems to be a slippery slope for me. And it seems to be, even though I'm not a hardcore Christian, I feel like it is a, a Luciferian system. It's a dark system that we're all just feeding and we feed it. And, and I, I mean, where, when do we become, uh, you know, uh, guilty of, of actually feeding this thing? You know, well, when, where, where does the line get drawn? Well, uh, the Bible, you know, instead of just trying to figure out, you know, what's right and wrong within ourselves, the Bible actually addresses this because Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. He's specifically talking about taxes. And if there was any amount of guilt um, attributed so to— So Jesus is for taxes. No, that's, 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 that's <laughs> not the point. I feel like that's just, I mean, this, this just sounds like people <laughs> writing this, like elites writing this and being like, hey, Jesus wants you to pay taxes. There's no, freaking the commercials during the NFL games that says Jesus was a refugee, right? So yeah. allow illegal immigrants into the country because Jesus was a refugee at one point, right? I mean, they you, use, I mean, a lot of people use his name, man, for evil, evil agendas. Right. And 
I mean, you have to you have to take it within within context and and not try to twist it. And in in other places in the Bible, it talks that we don't wage war the way that the world does. You know, so clearly one of the ways that we're waging war is we're sending mo- money over to Ukraine. Right. So so this is a, a mode of, of battle, but that's not necessarily the way that that um, Christianity should or that Jesus necessarily wages war. So when he says render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but then he follows that up with render to, to God what is God's. You know, sp- specifically, he, he holds the coin up. He says, you know, who's... Uh, um, Whose image is on this? And they're like, well, it's Caesar's. He's like, cool, if it's got Caesar's image, then give it to Caesar. It, it doesn't matter. It should not hold that much importance on you. But you're breaking your back trying to earn that money, though. Yeah, I mean, but you're see, giving the, a portion. The point that was that, that's lost, and believe me, I, above all people, wish Jesus said, do not pay your taxes. <laughs> I, yeah, I wish that had been what, what he said. But right. it, the point wasn't about taxes. The true point of that statement, and, and it, gets, it, it gets lost on an English reader because we just don't pick up the nuance. Right, um, right. When he holds that coin up and he says, whose image is on this? And they said, Caesar. And he's like, well, render Caesar what's Caesar's. What's lost to us is the implication to a Jewish audience, which is whose image is on you. And from that perspective, you're made in the image of your creator, therefore rendered to your creator what's due him. Right. Totally different. So it's not about taxes. It's about rendering to the overall governing authority what is rightfully theirs. Right. How, I mean, uh, pay yeah, taxes. Man, I, don't pay taxes. The 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 larger issue. And you, you've run across a few things that I wanted to go back to. Right. Um, one, you said that this country, you know, being founded by Christians. Here at Operation Ripa, we don't hold that that view. We think that America... Yeah, it's like prove that, that these people were Christian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, because for us, you know, we hold the view that America may have been a land that was openly settled by Christians, but it was secretly founded by cultists, and thus it remains right. a land that's at war with itself. And understanding that distinction is is vitally important. You may have been a land where the people who came over and set up colonies or, or set up communities and things like that may have been of Christian faith, but the actual corporation of the United States of America is a totally different entity that provably was set up by cultists. I mean, you see that all the way in our principal city, in our capital city, when Thomas Jefferson actually said that this is this land is dedicated to all pagan gods, and that's recorded in the Library of Congress under a document called the Most Approved Plan, right? It's You, you can't really defend the idea that this country as a corporate entity was founded by Christians and on Christianity. It wasn't. Now, it may have, again, been settled by Christians, but that is a different thing and a subtle nuance that's lost. With that being said, when it comes to patriotism, I think Christopher's right. There's a difference between being um, happy, being thankful, being proud, even, if you will, of the country that you come from uh, and the nation that you're from. I don't think that's an issue, but I think when that gets twisted into putting the nation in the spot that only God should have, then we've got a problem because now that's becoming idolatry. Now that's in, in contention with your affections for God. And if it's being pushed under the auspices of patriotism, then I think it's gotten out of place. 
we got to remember God established the concept of nations for a reason. We get that back in Genesis, what, 10 or 11 with the whole idea of what happened at the Tower of Babel and as a result changing right. the language and then organizing people based on families or tongues, families, tribes, and then nations, right? So we can't say that having a nation or being proud of the nation you come from is wrong. But when that admiration, if you will, gets to the point that country first, or as we like to say, they don't have to be country first. We'll say God and country. We'll put them on the same. I was going to say that. that That's just as dangerous. Cause if you look in scripture, Satan didn't want to be over God. He wanted to be equal to mm-hmm. right, right, right. So right. God and country is just as dangerous as country and God or country first, God second, right? It has the same, it has the same result, which is that now nationalism is promoted to the position that only your, your fidelity to God should have. And it I seems think like a dualistic statement. Hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up, man. That was on the tip of my tongue. Like, what do you think about that statement for God and f- for country, right? Like they say for God and country back in like England, they say for King and country, God was like completely left out of the equation. So right. which would make yeah, sense. Man. Absolutely. In, in what way? Sense. Uh, because when you look at how that country came about and how many of the countries that we have today have come about by right, way right. of uh, Nephilim bloodlines, by way of, uh, the whole idea of God Kings, which is again, a Nephilim idea, you know, the fact that we had spiritual rulers over these various nation groups, and then you have their, their progeny, or you have those that were faithful to them that have created bloodlines that became the ruling powers of today, not to mention the Illuminati bloodlines that talking about like the tribe of Dan and whatnot. Well, not just that, like the house of Windsor, you've got the, the blue bloods, all of that type of stuff. I'm not surprised then that a country like the UK would have that type of statement. Okay. You understand huh. what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. 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 Like the, like Great Britain and, and England for lack of a better term. Sure. Right? And but, it's not picking know. on them because you can jump over to Egypt and they have the whole idea of a God King with Pharaoh. You can come. Up I like to picking United on England a little bit. A little bit. Kinda, <laughs> but I mean, kind of you- jerks. <laughs> They have so many great actors, though, so I, it's kind of hard for me. But then you can come is on the way the to the United States. Is it the acting or is it States. just the accent? I think it's the accent. Uh, I think it's both. I mean, I, <laughs> there, there are some actors that, that I really like. But you can hold You're the Daniel same Craig candle. Fan. You can hold the same flame to the United States. I mean, we have a pharaoh that presides. Right. We yeah. have an Egyptian well. ceremony that, that that is satanic in nature that we go through every four years. You yeah. know, we have a country that is on its books, not only declared... Uh, what was that? The Treaty of Versailles? Nah, it wasn't that treaty. It was Treaty of Tripoli. That was World War One, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong treaty. The Treaty of Tripoli, which we declared that the United States is in no way a Christian nation. Yep. We have the statement that I made earlier by Benjamin Franklin that's recorded in, in the hall in the uh, Library of Congress. You, you can't think that this country is really a Christian country, right? You have to walk away and realize that nah, it's really a satanic founded and again i'm talking about the actual legal entity of the united states i'm not talking about all the people Hmm. in it i'm talking about the the entity that was founded legally as the united states of america the entity that appears whenever you go to court in federal court that entity that appears on the top of the page that's the one that i'm talking about and that is clearly not a country that recognizes the lordship of Jesus Christ. In fact, so many of the personal correspondence of key people, key founding fathers 
had examples of atavistic hatred towards Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I'm uh I'm listening to you. I'm looking right now. I was the that treaty of Tripoli, ain't you? No, no <laughs> that treaty of Tripoli is really interesting, dude. Because um, you know, I have some issues with some some podcasters out there. And um, this Treaty of Tripoli jumped out to me when you said that. Um, okay. I was reading about it right now, and it talks about uh, it talks about like Libya, and it it focuses on like piracy, right? Like pirates. Yeah. Um, is there something in there that says that it goes against goes against Christianity specifically? Yeah, because I believe the issue was when they entered into the treaty. Um, what was it? I think they were it, there was a worry that they would be under biblical law or something like that. And so okay. to to swell oh, I see yeah, the concerns. I see it right here. It's been a while since I researched this, man. So if The I'm treaty speaking, is often cited in discussions regarding the role of religion in the United States government for a clause in Article 11 of the English-language American version, which states that, quote, the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. Then our Congress ratified that treaty, which means they said, we agree with that and everything else is written in there. So let it be written. So let it be done. When well, the president in a speech said the same thing. Wow. Yeah. He said that he read it all and he agreed with everything that was True. in the treaty. Which president? Adams, wasn't it? I think it was John Adams. I think so. I okay. was going to say Samuel. Like the second freaking president of the United States, huh? Yeah. I was right? going to say Samuel Adams, but then I realized it's not the president. That's another <laughs> He's dude. the beer guy. Come right. on. <laughs> I'm sorry. All these facts running around. I'm all these, doing good. All these Adams. Right. <laughs> that is wild, man. That is very, very interesting. I wonder why no one's brought that up. Because they ain't that on I've Operation heard. Red Pill, man. That's, that's why. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, this is why I subscribe to your guys' Patreon. Ah, right? I see what I mean, you did I'm there. I'm a $10 tier member over here. <laughs> yes, you so, are. Thank you very so, much. I'm, we appreciate that. For sure. Hey, man, you guys subscribe to my Patreon as well, so it's the very least I can do. So. Oh, Dangerous World um, is dope, man. We love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I probably curse a lot more than you guys do. And it's my not for, mother uh, takes know. issue with that. She was like, why does this Ryan guy say? I was like, what'd he say? Say it. Give me a transcript of what he said. I'll see if you cuss too. What'd you say, woman? <laughs> he said, he said, bleep, bleepity bleep. I said, I didn't hear none of that. He never oh, said man, bleep. Your mother listens, Jason. Oh, yeah, Jeez. she listened. Yeah, she listened to an episode. She was like, whoo, that Ryan, man, he is. I said, he real, isn't he? He raw. He gets in there. That's right. I got to clean my act up if your mother's <laughs> listening, man. I've never met the lady, but I do not want to offend her. Oh, man, uh, she had a shoe that was aimed for you. I had to tell her to pump the brakes on it. He was about to get a stiletto <laughs> over there in Tucson. Like, don't he know better? I was like, Mom, he was raised with wolves. You got to be understanding. The man is doing great. You can't expect everybody to be like me. That shoe right. quickly yeah, came we can't, for me. We can't all have a you know a, a, a G-rated uh, vocabulary. You guys don't curse like at all, so it's uh, we have very good editing software. <laughs> well, do you guys feel? Do you guys feel that was good? Do you guys feel that cursing is actually bad? Like, do you, do you think that like saying like you know the 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 big seven? I think it is. Is that is that like does that like lower your stance with God or or whatever? I don't know the proper way to phrase it. You want to uh, I mean, there's there's a few scriptures about about vulgar language. Yeah, I don't think it's the way people visualize it. Yes, yeah. I think it has an impact, but not the way people think. Right? Okay. Like I had a person tell me one time, "Listen, you got to understand, God has heard cuss words and languages that are obsolete." I mean, it he is, made them up, right? Yeah, I, I would say he made up the cuss word. <laughs> I think man probably did a lot of that, but. 
it's not like it's going to offend him in that sense. Like, I was like, my ears are too holy to hear this, okay? Right, right, you right. people are just getting <laughs> on my nerves. No, I, I think it's the fact that... Okay, let me explain it this way. So, I'm having a conversation with God. I, I didn't want to have this conversation, by the way. But he asked me this question. He's like, hey, Jason. Or he was like, hey, Spears. And I was like, nah, that's worse. I'd rather get Jason. <laughs> what he calls you by your last name. Right, when I get Spears, I know this is going to go south quick. Yeah, that's when, you know, that's when they're not mad. They're just disappointed. Right, right. right? That's <laughs> the worst part. Let me holler at you for a minute. I was like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm back in a trailer up at this time, too. It is a very tight spot. So it's not the type of place I want to have a, a deep intellectual conversation. Right? But this is where he jumps in. And he goes, do you know what holiness is? I was like, oh, yeah, but if you're asking me, do I know what holiness is? I'm not going to be dumb enough to give you my definition like it's going to fly. He's like, oh, well, what is it? And I was like, you know, not doing anything wrong, you know, just being perfect. Like, okay, not bad. You know why I want holiness? <laughs> Before I could put the, the, the brakes on my mouth, immediately went out. Because you're OCD and you just have this whole thing for people just being perfect. And he was like, nah, that's not the case. Like, at all. It's not like I'm sitting up here just super angry because people aren't holy or that I just want people to be quote-unquote perfect. I'm like, all right, explain it. And he goes, if you thought about how much effort, how much intentionality went into creating this entire universe that you live in, I mean, painstaking precision, right? And it's not done by accident. It's done intentionally just to create an environment for you that that's perfect. And then the intentionality that goes into making you and every other human being out there like you, not to mention the other, the other life forms. When you do that, you really want things to operate at their optimum level. Right. And I was like, yeah. And this thing that flashed back was like when I was a kid, I put together Legos you don't want the Lego to be off. You know what I mean? If you're building a jet and it's got twin stabilizers on the back, you don't want one shorter than the other right, one. Right, right. Because it just don't feel right. You know what I mean? You can make believe like it's right, but it needs to be right. right. And so he goes, the same way that all, all that intentionality that you would have for, for building a Lego set, that's what I've put into this whole, this whole thing you call life. I can't tolerate when it, operates or when people operate less than what I know is best for them. You're just not okay with it. You don't want them to have a subpar suboptimal experience. Right? right. So he's like the, the thing about holiness, holiness is, is perfect. The smallest speck gets on your nerves when you know that it just, it just isn't right. It's not about the legality. It's just, it's just not right. It's almost like if you're watching TV and there's a blip on your screen, like one of them pixels is out. This, this, when you get that one pixel, that is exactly, like one yeah. out of a million pixels, right? I, right? I like the analogy of you have something in your teeth. Yeah, that, that works too. You, it's just the, the smallest speck. Right. And the same argument that people use, it's just a little bit of sin or it's just this. You could use with your teeth. It's just a speck, leave it there. Right. I'm not right. leaving this in my teeth. That's not what I want it to look like. Exactly the point. So like when, it, when, when you take that into language, it's not about don't say the big seven, right? It's I want you to communicate in a way that is good for yourself because language reflect, reflects thought processes. 
Right, right. So it's like your vibrational stuff, your, your, yeah. All the way that you, that, you, that you think. But likewise, I want you to communicate in a way that's good for your listener. Right? So utilizing profanity doesn't work well for that. Right? I don't want I'll you stop to cussing, Jason and Mrs. Spears. <laughs> I feel bad for your mother, man. Like, I, I would, I'd, I'd hate to see her man, face when I drop in just, I mean, I've got a, I've got a show. Oh, that's the big C word, you know, and we're mm-hmm. not talking about cuckoo head here. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, you do have the conspiracy underground news team. I do. My sister was listening to that. She was like, I was listening to that, that conspiracy underground news team. And I was like, I'm gonna see if she catch it. If she don't catch it, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna be on record for running that word out. But I was, I kept running it back. I was like, the conspiracy underground news team. She was like, yeah. I was like, what do you think about the conspiracy underground news team? She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just playing with your mind. I'll see if you get it. I was like, I didn't come up yeah, with it, so I ain't know, in trouble. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but no, man, it's, it, that's so funny, man. It makes me wonder, too, because, you know, I've got a, a diverse audience, as I'm sure you guys do, too. And, man, like some of the stuff that I say, I'm just like, dude, this is not good for the more respectable members of the audience, you know, no, I, I attract I a lot of trash bags, but like, I want to <laughs> attract like a, a, a more like, you know, just like a proud audience, like a, well, maybe that's not the right word, but like a, a respectable audience mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a, a distinguished of, audience. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, just not the riffraff. I get a lot of, a lot of just like, just real, real uh, goofy people that listen, but you know, it's funny, man. So, that's you hilarious. know, I, but does that yeah, help answer man. the idea of of really language? It does, man. You know, this stuff isn't black and white for me. So, it, you know, you're answering it and you're, you're helping me to kind of see, especially where you guys come from, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like, uh, like if you were to sit here and tell me that, yes, it is demonic to be patriotic, I wouldn't just be like, oh, you know, these guys said it. That's 100% fact. You know what I mean? It's always like, okay, so these these two are educated on this side of knowledge or, or you know, they, they see the world from this perspective. Um, they think that being patriotic is demonic. And I'm not saying that you guys said that. Obviously, you said it's very nuanced. I'm just saying as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's nothing that anyone in the world could say that would be like, changing my mind from a black and white perspective everything to me the whole world is nuanced right even like that's why i consider myself like an agnostic christian i don't know if that's even like a proper term but that's what i would identify myself as i pray to god i say in jesus name every single time i pray i don't i don't pray to uh you know what are the other gods out there allah i don't pray to any of that stuff i pray to the christian god um i was raised that way right like you said that I think it was you, Jason, that said, um, you know, yeah, I, I was kind of raised that way, but that's not the way to really believe. Or was that you, Christopher? That was like, you know, you, you're raised that way, but it's not that doesn't like drive your belief anymore yeah, that you were yeah. raised mm-hmm. that way. So, yeah, I mean, I was raised that, you know, my mom took me to church. My dad was never a churchgoer. Um, I, I think that, you know, Catholic. Catholicism is is pretty damn evil, to be honest. I think it's very, very dark. I mean, they seem to worship people. They worship saints, which I don't, I don't freaking get that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, everything's everything's gray area to me. So, are there any I, I mean, absolute or black and white areas for you? Um, I know the government's bad. The United States government is absolutely bad. Bad. That's a black and white thing for me. Okay. Um, I, I as far as religion goes, are you saying? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that Jesus was a real person at one point. I think that he was a flesh and blood person at one point. Um, I don't think he was this soft hippie that a lot of people want you to believe. I think he was a tough dude. I think he probably actually did get a little wild with people and probably got physical with people. Um, in my, but this is again, this is a gray area. But the, so if we're going to like a black and white thing, I believe Jesus was real, and I believe that he was probably kind of a hard ass and probably didn't take any crap, and and was probably, um, uh, you know, somebody that to oversimplify it, it's someone that you'd want your daughter to to marry or something. You know what I mean? He seems like a tough, good alpha male type person. I don't know if that if that's good enough for, for or, or like a solid answer, but. There's not much when it comes to religion, man. I think that there is good and bad out there. Um, like when people try and defend uh, like Hitler and and like what he stood behind. I use, he wasn't all bad, you know. I think that's a goofy way to to approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those people are just con- like contrarians. Like they just want to have a hot take on something. But um, yeah, man, I think I think especially for religion, for culture for politics i think it, it's all meant to be gray area what do you mean and i have a hard time just like putting all my chips into one basket or or whatever however you want to say it I, i'm very very skeptical i don't think that uh you know if i believe in jesus and then you know jesus ends up not being real I, i'm not saying that that's the case at all but i don't think that if i believe in that then i go to whatever hell might be right like I I don't I don't know I might be kind of rambling right now because it's it's something that's it's I'm not I'm not very comfortable having the conversation, um, because I don't know about it, man. It's so tough to know, for me. And so I have a question for you. What yeah. would it take for you, where you're at, to move from a a position of uncertainty, more to a position of a more a committed position or a position of a follower uh you know i don't i don't know if there's anything that could happen i i know that uh, you know um i've had what i would uh say is a near-death experience i didn't flatline or anything like that but i definitely uh we, we were talking about this before we started recording or maybe we were recording i guess but you know uh i i've felt like i had a near-death experience all i saw was blackness you know, when I, when I was unconscious, I didn't, I didn't have any like, uh, you know, entity coming down and saying like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. None of that stuff. You know, I, I've never been a big psychedelics guy. A lot of people talk about, you know, when you do psychedelics, you see these entities that seem very good. I've never seen a ghost, you know, I've never seen anything that proves that there's something on the other side of this, but I want to believe in it. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I choose to believe in Jesus and in God, the Christian God. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. And I don't know if there will ever be anything that a hundred percent sells me on it. But I also don't think that that means that I'm, that I'm going to hell because I'm not a hundred percent sold on the idea of Jesus. Uh, um, you know, I try to be a good person. I try to use the little bit of influence that I have to prop people up that I think are good and that deserve it. And that, you know, a work hard, and B, just aren't horrible people, right? Like, they don't even need to be great people. Just, like, just do what you think is right. And, and like, I'll, I'll try to to help anyone out that does that kind of stuff. Um, there's nothing, man. There's I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think that there's anything that could 100% sell me on it. So it's because 100%, there are so many. Is 
being 100% convinced the threshold for you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. If, if my soul's at stake, I, I think so, yeah. Because I, I believe in the idea of the soul. Okay. You know, so, so yeah, I want uh, undeniable proof. And un- undeniable proof for me is different than undeniable proof for Christopher. It's undeniable proof for you, Jason. It's undeniable proof uh, is different for all kinds of different people. But um, for me, I would have to be like just 100% all in on something. So- um, I think that the church is an awful organization, to be honest. I think that they do, not the Christian church, so to speak, but like the Vatican is an awful organization, man. And that is like the most, like they're, they're a very authoritative um, institution. And I've never gotten anything. I've never felt closer to God by going to a Christian church, like a non-denominational church, which is what I always went to. It felt like a chore to me when I had to go to church. It always just felt like, man, this sucks. Like we're sitting here, we're listening to this dude that doesn't even really seems like he believes in God or Jesus. He's here to collect donations, right? That's what it seems like to me always when I go. And um, I've just never felt like church is a spiritual place, so I've never. Um, I don't. I don't know if if uh, if if anything could really one hundred percent convince me, but I want to believe it, and I and I choose to still pray to that that God and and in Jesus' name and all that stuff. No, I'm definitely glad that that you want to. I think that's half the battle. GI Joe, um, right? <laughs> but I, here, here's something I, I wanted to say to you. I think that people oftentimes misconstrue doubt with unbelief okay uh, i don't think from a biblical perspective that they are the same um god in his infinite wisdom i think understands that finite intellectually limited creatures such as ourselves, living in a fallen world with the immense degree of spiritually satanically induced deception running around like it is are going to have doubts. If you look in scripture, you don't find where God condemned people for doubts. You know, I'm not sure how will I know, you know, a lot of times he responds to that. It's unbelief that he has an issue with, which I think is the willful decision not to believe when there is substantial or, or enough evidence to warrant belief. Right. And then you have to ask, what is belief? Because I don't think belief is being 100 percent convinced of something. Because if it, if it was, I wouldn't believe in very many things at all. All right. I don't think I would believe in who I am. Hmm. Right. Belief. <laughs> am I real? Yeah. Right. I See, know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah right. Because if you if you wonder that question, then I mean, that's a little bit of, of unbelief. Right. But really, right, right, be right. doubt. But because, again, the definition would be choosing not to believe. Um, I, I love the way J.P. Moreland put this, which was that. When you quote unquote believe in something, you're giving at least fifty-one percent credence to the idea sure. that this is true. Right? Yep. But between fifty-one and a hundred percent is a pretty huge gap. Pretty huge. Right. And people fall in different places along that that line. I think God understands that. He understands yeah. that there are gonna be things that would cause you to doubt. Like you were raising the idea of, of evil earlier. Sure, that can cause some people to to stumble or take a step back and be like, are you sure you're real? Because I see a lot of problems going on. We can have that discussion. But if you say, I refuse giving all the evidence that I see to, to actually assert myself to the idea that this is true, that's mm. an act of the will. That's a volitional statement. I will not believe. 
I refuse to. That's different from, I'm not sure. All right, that's different from, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, today was a rough day. And I think as people grow in their their relationship, that gap between 51 and 100% begins to lessen and Mm -hmm. shorten. You know, does it ever get to... 100%. 100%. I'm not going to say never. I think it would it would be very difficult as a fallen human being to get to that point. Well, cuz I don't think I don't think we navigate our lives based off of 100% belief. Right. Like I I this is this is going to sound really bad. I'm not 100% convinced my wife is going to hate me for this. I knew you were going to talk about your wife and I was <laughs> this, like you're going to be in trouble. This is just an easy one. It has nothing to do with my wife, but in a relationship you cannot know 100% that your partner is being faithful. You can't. Right. It's not provable unless you have video evidence of, of whatever they're doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You cannot prove that your spouse or your partner is faithful. Unless you are Apple, Google, or Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> Just ask them. That's right. They will know. <laughs> However, whatever percentage that is, we still behave as though that's the case. You know, I'm somewhere over 51% convinced that my wife is faithful and we continue in a relationship based off of this belief, even though there's no way that either one of us could could know 100%. And it's the same with so many other aspects. Like I continue going to my job and there's not a 100% chance that I'm going to get a paycheck next week. That's why I'm there. Right, right, right. I've got a, a pretty good idea and a history with this company, a relationship with this company company and every week my faith gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger as they continue to deliver but there's no way i can know 100 percent. see and you just hit the nail on the head we haven't used that term yet in this in this talk what faith there's a combination between i believe and i am also exercising faith which which from a biblical perspective is i have sound reasons to take the next step and actually believe i don't have to be 100 percent convinced but I do have sound, legitimate, logically succinct reasons to go the next step. And I think like the, the, the situation with Abraham is a perfect example. Or, or even the situation with, uh, with Gideon or the situation with Mary. You know, like uh, when Mary's like, I'm going to have, Gabriel shows up, he tells her she's, she's going to have a kid. She's like, okay, cool. Now you got the other one with Zacharias where he's like, hey, you're going to have a kid. Uh, I'm not sure about that. How will I know? Right? God responds a little bit different with that because the dude wasn't seeming to exercise as much doubt. You have an angel that showed up out of nowhere and tells you you're going to have a kid. While you're in the Holy of Holies. Right? This is not a place that anybody else should be. It was reserved for the high priest only, and it was only under great ceremonial uh, ritual that he'd have to go through to even get into that place, right? And if anybody was found in there, they could be killed. Right, this is a very, very, very restricted area. Nancy Pelosi's desk ain't nowhere near as protected as this. <laughs> right? I, I hope. Uh, I, I know, hope right? not. <laughs> and and here he is in the middle of that, and an angel shows up and says, "Hey, you gonna have a kid?" You would think that would warrant some belief. The dude was right, like, right. Uh, "Yeah, I ain't too sure about that." That wasn't necessarily like doubt. See, like Gideon's a good example of doubt. Because Gideon, when God tells him that you're going to be this great warrior, this and that, he's like, I'm not sure. How do I know? God's, God walks him through the whole fleece thing and all of that. But notice he never berated him. I mean, here you're taking a person that's completely scared of life and telling them they're, they're about to be a magnanimous warrior. Any rational person would have some issues with that. 
You know what I mean? You right. take Abraham. When God tells Abraham that he's going to have descendants, Abraham's like, for real? And God's like, yeah, look out here. Look over the stars. Look at the sand. I'm telling you, this is how many you're going to have. You find out he had to do that a couple times for Abraham. It's kind of because we're human. You know, we, right. we hit doubts, but you never see a point where Abraham chose to disbelieve, to chose, where he chose to say, nope, I don't believe this anymore. It's been too long. I don't have 100% on this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with it no more. I think well, that's, that's why I key think more more religious leaders need to be honest, and and it's a shame that so many religious leaders are just after money. And because I mean, you see Joel Olstein, you see, uh, you know, that other psycho that I, I forget the guy's name, but he, he was a total cult leader, um, older guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. White hair. There's a video of like an Asian reporter talking to him. Okay, and she's like, "Why? Why uh, are you are you buying a private jet from Tyler Perry?" And he's like, well, Tyler Perry made it so cheap that I, I it w- w- would have been a sin to not buy it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like this is clown clown world stuff where it's like, dude, you you wonder why people don't, uh, you know, believe in God because these people say definitively God's real and they're clearly scumbags. You know, they're using God's name and Jesus's name to commit horrible things, right? And this has been a thing throughout history: the Crusades, all these different things have been. Uh, you know, perpetuated by what, what I think are Satanists dressed in like, you know, Christian clothing or whatever you want to say it, you know, evil people acting like they have moral authority because of what they believe in. That is is a big thing. So maybe by by the way of you saying it, am I 51% or more sure that there's, uh, you know, a Christian God in Jesus? Absolutely. So maybe by that definition, I am a Christian. But for me, and maybe it's the cartoonish level that religious leaders put out there of their belief, to me, that's not enough to call myself a Christian. I feel like I do need to be 100% sure to to say and, and to tell my audience, who I respect my audience a lot, even though I talk a lot of crap about my audience. I'm, I say that they're dumb and all this stuff. It's a joke, <laughs> okay? I, I respect the heck out of my audience, and I'm never... I'll talk a little trash about them and I'll say goofy things about them, but I'll never willfully lie to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always say I'm agnostic. You know, I lean towards Christianity. I'm not an expert, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that I need to have more faith if I'm going to say that I'm Christian, but maybe it's, I mean, it is kind of comforting to know that it just takes that 51% to, to, you know, I will, we'll put it this way. My faith is not strong, but it's present. It's there. I'll say that for That's sure. Cool. Yeah. And I, I'd also, I mean, commend you for being skeptical and like, don't just let something anyone says, especially us change your view on something like definitely go back and look at it. You know, like you looked up the, the treaty of Tripoli do that. We make mistakes. We can don't be fact checking me. We I could, said it was treaty. We could Tripoli. Be wrong. <laughs> That's, that was right. And it, it's, I mean, it's definitely a, a, um, it's not an easy stance to take because it because it takes work. But yeah, be you know you you accepted what we said, and then you went back and and looked to see if it was accurate. And that that is an excellent place uh, to be. I don't want anyone to just believe us because that's that's way too much pressure. Right, and that's a and, biblically commendable and, and then you're, position. You're, well, whole. you're putting yourselves. If you want people to just blindly trust you, you guys are putting yourselves in a really tough position, man. Yeah, I don't to where be there. you have you can't be wrong at that point. Right. So yeah, I I try to I try to always do that. I say, hey, don't take my word for it. I'm just some dummy that has a microphone in front of them, and I did a little bit of research, and this is what I found. Like that's what I try to 
come from that perspective. And there's people that try to put themselves as gatekeepers in this whole industry of, you know, conspiracy information, religious information or whatever. And uh, they set themselves up to look like total asses, man. That's what they do. Inevitably, you're going to look like a total jerk at the end of the day. If you're saying, believe what I say, you know, you form a cult and and cults go one way, man. They're always wrong at the end of everything, Mm -hmm. whether it's an FBI raid or whether it's, you know, a mass suicide or whatever it is. These cults always end badly and people turn on that on that cult leader. So. You know, yeah, no, it's a it's a good spot to be when you, when you just say like I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but this is the way I feel about it. So I, I commend you guys for that very much. Um, I need to get out of here pretty soon, so I didn't want to like you know do it too quickly. Um, my parents are actually here right now, so that we're gonna have some dinner and watch the rest of the game. Nice, and, oh, um, the, the just deans are over. Have a little family. What's that? I said the deans are over. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Yeah, we I have like we have some fun over here. Um, but uh. Man, I, I I I really do think that what you guys do is interesting, man. And like, I don't just say that. I don't say that to anybody, really. Like, what you guys do is cool. Um, that's why I'm a Patreon subscriber. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, and you guys, I think that you guys are on the right track, man. Um, and I noticed you guys got a quite a few subscribers. Didn't you just start this Patreon recently? Yeah, yeah like a week ago. Yeah. And it, yeah, you guys are getting some decent money coming in there. So that's a good sign, man. So I hope that you guys keep on that trajectory. And um, as long just as we keep don't deal with thing. any more controversial, you know, topics like the nature <laughs> of evil, the Catholic Church, you know, right. why are Christians? Yeah, keep it doing... safe. You're right. As long as we can stay in the safe zone, I think we can probably grow that a little bit. But you be trying to drag <laughs> us out to the deep water. Man, Ryan, I, no, I, man, I. I, 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 this, you guys are the only ones that I'm really comfortable, you know, doing this, uh, kind of conversational stuff with, because, you know, like I said, most, uh, what I've seen from any religion, it doesn't matter if it's Christianity, um, non-denominational or like Protestant or freaking Catholic or any of these other ones, uh, Judaism, any religion, a lot of these people seem to look down at you if you don't see it the same way as as they do Mm -hmm. and that's why i feel like so many religions are culty including Mm -hmm. christianity it can be culty right if you look at it if you look at it from a goofy perspective if you say every day i wake up and i 100 percent believe you know god's got my best interest in mind today and all this stuff that's goofy to me man like i you know obviously you have your faith and um the way that you describe the 51% or more, I think is very beneficial. You guys should, should really say that a lot. I think, um, obviously you have probably a, a wide, um, if you were to do like a demographic of your audience, I'm sure there's a lot of Christian listeners Mm -hmm. that don't need that reassurance, but I mean, there's other stuff you got to do besides just being 51% convinced. I don't, I don't want to just leave it there. Right. right. I'm just saying that's a great starting point. Right. That's a good point to be like, Hey, you know, like you guys are, are part of the, uh, part of the, the, yeah, I mean, we, we aren't so different, right? Mm-hmm. If I believe, let's say, 99%, I'm 99% sure about this stuff, and you're 51%, I don't look down at you for that, right? Because it's an intimidating topic for a lot of people. It and is. it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable talking about. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of emotion on the line. There's a lot of literature to go over. I mean, it's it's not easy on any level to navigate this kind of stuff. I mean, I got queasy before right. we got on. I was like, oh, Christopher, maybe we should call it back. I'll do <laughs> yeah. I had this conversation today, man. Not on a Sunday. I'm not feeling it. Come on. No, man. I, no, I, I really, really do uh, give you guys a lot of credit for the way that you guys approach stuff, for sure. 
No, like, we appreciate you. I was you super impressed the first time that we talked. I was super impressed with your guys' research and the way that you go about it is legit. It's not goofy. I think that so many people out there, Christians included, approach their faith from a really, really stupid perspective. And you guys do not do that. So again, like I can't say enough good things about you guys, man. No, I we say really it every appreciate time. that, man. And really appreciate you actually coming out and being willing to have the conversation with us. Yeah. Because like you're saying, it's not an easy topic to have and not a lot of people are willing to do it in an emotionally controlled perspective. You know, in a right. manner which we can actually talk as opposed to contending with each other. Name right? call in ad hominem crap and all that stuff. All yeah, of that, man. Man. No, so that. I'm yeah. like super happy that we were able to at least have the discussion. I, I mean, if, yeah, you're, if you're open to it, I'd love to have more, uh, you know, Absolutely. At, at another time. But this was like, this was dope, man. It was cool. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Really appreciate Yeah, no, it. I'd love to uh, chat with you guys on uh, the Monday Night Master Debaters again, if you guys want. And then, uh, I'm, obviously, it's Matt's show. But, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be part of it every week. And I know he likes you guys a lot, too. And then we got to do another episode, too. Have you guys heard of the uh, the CIA's take on Adam and Eve? Uh-uh. What's theirs? That. Well, hey, that should be an episode that we do together, yeah. and we'll okay. air that on my show. That's not the Lilith thing, is we can... it? Huh? That's not the Lilith thing, is it? No, no, not okay. 100%. That's involved. But the CIA, okay. uh, there was a CIA asset that wrote a book about Adam and Eve. Um, you can just type it in. You can probably go to CIA.gov and then type in um, Adam and Eve, okay. or just like Adam and Eve CIA, use like an alternative search engine. Check it out, and if that's something that you guys would be interested in, that might be a fun, fun episode to do. Cool. Um, and we can we can do a swap cast like thing, you know, right. air it on my show and your show, and awesome. um, because yeah, man, I I want I want you guys to grow, man. I want you guys to get as big as you possibly can for sure. I think you guys are good voices out here in this crazy freaking world, man. So definitely appreciate anything that, I can man. do to help, dude. Just hit me up. Absolutely, we will do that, man. Go enjoy the game. Put your feet up. Yep. I don't know Tell if you're gonna eat any popcorn or whatever, but yeah, man. <laughs> Have have fun time. Is Kim still there? I'm concerned she about is. Kim. We have never seen Kim. I don't know if you make it or out. Yeah, you she's might... not chopped up in any pieces or anything. I don't know. <laughs> you might have like a voice actress that, that comes on. I'm not sure. I'm still waiting to see Kim. We yeah, well, check let me on call her. her in here real quick if you don't believe me. Watch. Kim, <laughs> get in here and say hi to these gentlemen. It's funny <laughs> that you said that because I was thinking it. Were I was you? like, we've <laughs> never <laughs> seen Kim. <laughs> You can just say hi. Just wave to him. This is Kim right here. She's alive. Oh, She's- hey, Kim. Hi, Kim. <laughs> she gets real self-conscious when she doesn't wear makeup. I have stuff. the same yeah, problem. She's- yeah, I don't have makeup on uh, either. She's a real person. This is Christopher. Uh, same last name as me. And then uh, Jason as well. So, yeah. No relation to Brittany. What? Yeah, Brittany Spears. No relation That's to Britney Britney. Spears' brother. Nice. Yeah, we was close. Yeah, yeah, right. We was close, but I talked to dad. I was like, Dad, anything you want to tell me, I won't tell mom. Before you look real million. similar, too. Right. So what's going on with her? She just deleted her Instagram page again. What's going on? Finally, you know? she's gonna stop messing up my last name. That's what's going on. I had yeah, to put the Ike dragging, Turner on her real dragging quick. Dragging the good name of Spears through the mud. Right. I had to put the Ike Turner on her. Like, listen, woman, you can get Rihanna. All right. You better understand. <laughs> Yeah, these are these Christian guys that I that I like talking with, and they um, come at it from a very logical perspective. Hey, these are the Christian guys that I talked to. Well, the, I mean, you guys are Christians, right? Yeah. At least it wasn't yeah, like no. this black guy and a white guy that I talked to. Yeah, right. right we could call right, way worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. we have. Well, I think that he curbs how much he cusses when he talks to you guys. I absolutely do. So do we. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. They wanted to know that you weren't dead. Yeah, so. no, I smell like coffee anyway, so I'm going to let you guys get back to it. It was nice meeting you guys. It was nice meeting, nice you, meeting you. Bye. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there you go. That's she's hilarious. she's alive and well. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, no, I appreciate you guys very much. And uh, let me know. Let me know what you guys think about the CIA and uh, Adam and Eve. There, maybe we can do an episode on that shortly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd like sure. to chat with you guys at least once a month, man. If you guys are open to it, we can definitely do it, man. I I appreciate you guys a lot. Cool, More man. than you know. I'm definitely down with that. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. man. You take it easy, sir. Yeah. We'll you guys you as well. Thank you so much for the open conversation. You guys have a great night and good luck with everything. Thanks, Thank man. You, you too. too.